You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? This is Dre with Build 206, Build 206 Media. Uh, it's another episode of the Collective Network where we're bringing folks from the community in space to share their stories and what they're doing in the community so the community at large uh, knows what they're doing. And I got my brother from another, Sean, on the call. You know, he's doing amazing work, been doing amazing work in the community. We've crossed paths several times in the past and looking uh, forward to working closely with this brother. So I see him in the back studio, so I'm going to bring him on here in a second. What's good, bro? Man, it's good to see you, brother. Look, hold on. Before we get started, man, I just got to call out the fact your taper and your line look real fresh. And I'm a oh. little mad, man. Oh, yeah, I see you, man. I see you. I see you. I'm, I've been wearing hats. I've been wearing hats since last March for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, it just ain't the same, man. It just ain't the same. It's funny. Y'all was clowning me when we was on the on the thing with Converge Media. You guys are clowning because I had the Rona fro, man. I had the, I wasn't getting no haircuts. It was like, let it grow, let it grow, man. But yeah, I had to get back in the, you know, I actually, my barber actually, uh, he's mobile. I got to call him the underground barber. So he comes to me and cuts me up. So he, he keeps me on point. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I try to, trying to get the dips back, man. I was trying to do locks and all that for a minute. It didn't really go the way I planned, planned it to go. So <laughs> look, you're like, I, 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 I took that journey too, man. I, I, I went and uh, I tried to lock my hair up once and I'm my, I got too much light skin in me, bro, to tell you the truth. It just wouldn't, uh, it, it, it was starting to look like white people locks. You know what I mean? And uh, that goes right. to the explanation. So I'm going to, I'm going to let that one sit right there. You can just L-I-G, let it go. Yeah, it was, more, it was more work than I expected. You know, I grew up, I had long hair braids and stuff like that, but I just really wasn't ready for that. I wasn't committed. I just had too much, too busy to, to do all the work that it takes to make that happen. So, all right, well, let's jump in. Let's jump into this interview. I got some questions for the amazing, so you can share the amazing work that you're doing in the community. Um, and even this, like, this is what we do, man. We, you know, shoot the shit, you know, get to know each other, you know what I'm saying? And then and just build, you know what I'm saying? Building those relationships. So uh, if you could tell the folks just a little bit about yourself, a little, about, a little bit about your history so people can, I know who you are, but I want to make sure that yeah. folks that are tapping in know who you are and what, what you're about. Yeah, bro. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, most importantly, I'm married to the most amazing woman in the world. She's my gift from God, my angel from heaven, the love of my life, the woman of my dreams. I'm the father to two incredible teenage children, one of which is a college freshman. And another one is, you know, 13, doing the 13 year old thing as an eighth grader. And, you know, I'm just full of gratitude because I get to wake up every day and, and serve our community. And, and I've been serving our community for so many years at this point, a variety of different ways. Um, from rolling out a gang and group intervention team in South King County, which is a neighborhood I grew up in. And, you know, now I get to Stewart Choose 180 as our executive director. And I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to support some incredibly brilliant human beings who are gifted and talented and do great work in community every day and, and help lead, guide and direct so we can transform these systems of injustice and support the young people who have been impacted by them. Yeah, that's what's up. And you and you you dove in that dove in a little bit on t- into the next question. But I want to give you a little more space to elaborate. But yeah, I got a 12 year old that's about to be 13 in July. So I always tell people he's 12 going on 30. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's a lot. You know, and we all know when we were in those in, in that transition in our own life, as well as, you know, that piv- that's a pivotal transition point, just that coming into teen teenage adulthood, who they are. So, um, 
yeah, I know what it's about. And then it's the kids that we work with as well, you know, so. Absolutely. Uh, uh, can you tell folks a little bit more about the work that you have done and more, more importantly, the work that you are doing? Because you guys are doing some amazing work, have been doing amazing work. And uh, so, like I said, you, you, you tiptoed into a little bit on your on your introduction, but I want to give you some space to really share some of the stuff, some of the programs and activities and events and different ventures that you guys are uh, uh, tapped into. Yeah, no, that's right. I still would choose 180 as our executive director. And at the core, as I spoke to a moment ago, our, our organization is built to transform systems of injustice while supporting the young people who are disproportionately impacted by those systems. You know, I, we believe that we shouldn't need to exist at all and that our existence is predicated upon the fact that young people are being harmed. So we should be working just as hard to transform those systems as we are to support the young people who have been impacted. And that shows up in a variety of different ways. We hold strategic partnerships with folks like the prosecuting attorney's office and juvenile court, public defense, school superintendents. And we work closely with them to get them to do things differently so that way they cause less harm. And as we're on this journey with them, we create systems so they refer young people out of those antiquated practices of causing harm and refer them back into community, whether that's our organization or other entities that are out here serving to create a different pathways for young people to really live truly into their possibility instead of being stigmatized as a problem. Um, we've been in this work since 2011 at Choose 180. I've, took, I've been in stewardship over the cause since January 2017. And, and candidly, brother, it's been a wild ride over these first few years, but I'm, I'm grateful for the way that I've been able to, to steward and serve. And I'm incredibly grateful for the way the community continues to lift us up and support us because we are who we are because of the collective us. Right, that's dope. And like you said, you sounds like the way you lead, which is on point is, you know, ain't no big eyes, little U's. It's, it's you know, you're just, just like I said, a steward, steward, a servant leader, right? It's, and it's just fortunate to have the position, but it's really about the team and the community and, and the young folks and everybody else who were trying to better better what we're making happen. So I'm with that. Um, who, who or what uh, inspires you and why? Um, yeah, that's a great question, bro. Um, I'd say first and foremost, uh, my, uh, every morning I'm that my, my brother serves as inspiration for why I do what it is that I do in the first place. Uh, my earliest memory that I hold of my brother is as a six year old boy visiting inside of a kid jail where he was locked up until he was a 21 year old man from the age of 13. And even at that time, it wasn't lost on me that it's only because of one poor choice he made that he's stuck in here even though he was capable of doing so much good. So my why behind this work inspires me and my why is and will always be my brother. Um, beyond that, bro, like I, I, I tell people all the time, like this work is difficult, this work is hard, it is draining, it is trying, it is challenging. And you get pulled on from a whole bunch of different directions. And if not for the safe space that my wife creates for me at home, where I can just come home and, and, and be unapologetically me and I can have a hard day and like ball up in her lap or, I can need a push in my back and she can help move me forward. You know, she just knows what it is that I need in the moment that I need it. And is the strength that, that I'm able to carry with me day in and day out. And, and she absolutely inspires me. My children, bro, they, they inspire me. Um, watching them go farther than play and, and go, go places that I didn't have access to or the capacity to, to be and to reach into, they inspire me. The team here at Choose 180, bro, like what they've been able to accomplish and what we've been able to do together on a day in and day out basis, like they inspire me. And candidly, brothers like you who are in the community actively, forcibly finding ways to serve on purpose, with purpose, inspire me. 
So I say all that to say, like, I can't do this unless I'm surrounded by inspiration. And from the core of my being, from this narrative of what I bring into this work, to the people who are surrounding me day in and day out, and to the other leaders that I look at and appreciate like yourself, like that is that that's the inspiration that carries me through. That's what's up. And hopefully as we build our relationship and move forward, we can learn more about each other's stories and what makes things tick. And I have a similar story. Like I lost my brother when I was 23 and that really catapulted me, you know, into the work and, you know, there's so much wasted talent. Right. Um, And it sounds like you have a similar story. You know, you didn't lose him, you know, totally, but you lost him, you know, in, in the community. Um, And, you know, it's just a lot, you know, a lot for us all to be processed all and stuff. So I think, you know, as we, you know, a lot of times we don't have a lot of time to slow down to build those relationships. I'm really looking forward to be able to slow down and get to know folks that are doing it, what makes them tick. Um, And just, you know, space for us to really share because we just, like I said, we just don't have enough of that. And we're going to dive into that a little bit, a little bit later. And this this question that I'm about to ask you next is kind of a. It's a loaded question because there's been so much going on over this last year. So and you can go whatever direction you want, like, you know. Um, you know, you could talk about the crazy election cycle. You could talk about, you know, the the uh, you know, the, the you're not even new protests because we've been protesting since we've been here. It's just been, you know, they said the, they said the revolution is going to be televised, but actually it is. So yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's been going on. You could talk about, you know, the pandemic. You know, you could talk about the, the pandemic of gun violence. You could talk about whatever you want. But what do you think about what's been going on over the past year? Or during this time, just just during this time in general. So, like I said, I, that's kind of a loaded question because yeah. there's so much so much you could talk about. So, I'll let you kind of just go wherever you want to go with it. Yeah, Drake, I, I think about this regularly, bro. And you know, um, it ain't nothing new under the sun. <laughs> like, you know, it, everything that is has been, and everything that will be has already happened. Um, the question is, is what have we learned on this journey that allows the outcome to eventually become different? Um, I think a lot about this in the context of how we're journeying um, this this thing called life and how we journey together towards this place called justice. Um, and I call this a destination. Um, often when something happens, we hear people screaming, we want justice, we want justice. But what they're really saying is we want judgment because what they want in that moment is something fixed, something that's that's finite, something that has a predictable end, like this is it, we're done. Like justice in and of itself is a pursuit of becoming more just, which means it has to be constant and you can't ever arrive there because we're never completely just, right? So as we're on this journey towards justice, what I've, what I've really been ruminating on is like, it, it, it feels so far less linear where we have this starting point and this, this ending point that's in sight. Because when I think about the conversations that we're having in the 60s and now the conversations that we're having in 2021, and the disproportionality that was in the 60s and the disproportionality that's here in 2021, like it's really the same things that we're talking about. So really, what are we doing? And so I, I kind of fixed in my mind this, this, this thought process that's, that, that, that speaks to this moment that's now, brother. And, it, and for me, it's less of this journey that's like linear and more of these concentric circles, right, where justice is in the middle. And if we do this right, we get closer and closer to what justice is and we become more just which means it's easier for us to make this journey and travel with one another because we're closer to the core of who it is and where it is we should be. And so as I find myself grounded in the season, you know, I, I'm looking around like, should tell me something I don't know. You know, when we were talking to, in the beginning of the pandemic, they were talking about uncertain times. I'm like, well, I've been in uncertain times for pretty much the majority of my life. I know what uncertainty is. When they're talking about police violence, I like I've been privy to police violence for as long as I've been privy to police. So if none of this is new, then what's the point of it all? 
My hope is that we begin to learn how to respond differently in these moments that are familiar so we can begin to get to a place that's more just and make this journey easier and less laborious for the future generations that are going to have to travel this cycle behind us. Because this life thing is a cycle, bro. One after the next, after the next. The best we can do is make it easier for the person who's, who's leading the next rotation around this sun. Yeah, that's on point because ain't nothing new under the sun, right? It's just wash, rinse, and repeat. And that's why I said, like, we've been, you know, since we got here, we've been fighting and struggling and, you know, pushing back. It just, those are the stories that are in the history books. You know what I'm saying? So now we got, with social media, we got an, other opportunities to really write the story. And and realistically, like you said, I mean, these systems are working the way they're supposed to be working. That's why reform really doesn't work. We really got to blow things up and and start over, you know, like, absolutely, you know, because the reform hasn't worked. It hasn't moved the needle. It hasn't changed anything. It, it just, you know, keeps things in place. And, 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 you know, I was talking to a few people about like this, the way the funding and stuff is, it's all about funding broken people and people aren't the problem. It's the systems that we're trying to plug people into that are the issues, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, bro, you, you, you're in the classic cars, right? I see your, uh, your social media. <laughs> I, you know, I, and so, you know, when you when you got a classic car at a certain point, it's fun to drive. But like the gas mileage on that joint ain't what it needs to be when gas is like, you know, almost four something a gallon. Right. Right. And so and so, you know, it, it's fun to bring out every once in a while, but it's not the most efficient way to get around. And, right. you know, these systems are antiquated like some classic cars and we continue to refurbish them over and over again. But there's so much new technology out here that makes it easier, not just on the vehicle, but also on the environment to be able to travel these roads in new ways. And we have to be able to be progressive in our thinking and stop being so reliant upon what was. I tell people all the time, man, the reason why so many of these systems exist isn't because of politicians. It's not because of like police officers or prosecutors or judges. These systems exist in the way they do because we're afraid of each other. And fear creates the need to activate these systems that then only perpetuate the fear that we felt in the first place by virtue of their existence. And so I hope we get to a place as we continue to journey together where we see our humanity first. And by seeing our humanity, we're able to deescalate that fear and really lean into the possibility of seeing each other as fully healed and whole. Right. And yeah, it's, it's just a re recycle, recycle, right? You just keep doing the same things over and over and over and really like, you know, power to the people, right? The people really want to change things and that's who everybody works for. You know what I'm saying? And we've seen something shift for a second. Now things are starting to shift back just locally, you know, like some of the conversations were shifting. Now things are kind of coming back to center or kind of back to business as usual, but the people have the power. Once people really understand that, then that's when things actually will change until then. Like you said, if we're living in fear and, and, uh, and, and, and hoping that these systems are going to work the way they're supposed to work. It's, it's, it's not, like I said, it's like an old school car. You're just going to keep dumping money into that. You keep dumping money. And it's nice to ride around in, but it ain't really, like you said, it's time to get a Tesla, man. It's time to go electric. It's time, you know, it's time to get at least, at least get a, at least get a Prius, you know, where you're getting 50 miles per gallon, you know, the minimum, it may not be the best looking car, but at least that joint's going to get you 50 miles per gallon. Right. If you want to be, you know, be the most efficient that you can. Right. Come on, so, I, I got that Prius. I, I drive that Prius, bro. I, when I went to the car lot, I wanted to charge her. My wife sent me home with a Prius. Uh, you know, she's the, she's she's a smart one in the family. I was like, ooh, this look nice on sitting on some wheels. And then she had to remind me that I'm not 20 something anymore and we got a mortgage. So I got a Prius. Yo, I got my daily driver is a Chevy Volt. So I'm right there with you. Man, I'm getting like 40 miles, 40 miles on a charge. And 
I think I got 24,000 miles on that joint and probably put gas in it like three times. So I'm winning. Come on. <laughs> I'm winning. Um, what have you, speaking of that, like this, everything that's going on and what we've you know, been talking about, um, you know, what have you done during this time, you know, to take care of yourself? It's <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to be funny, but it is though. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I tell you some of my guilty pleasures are like video games, right? You know, like I, I'm on that PS5. And so sometimes I like zone out to that PS5, um, spending time with the kids, man, making sure that I prioritize family time, all that's really helpful. I think like running for me is always a saving grace, like being able to get out and put in some miles, um, helps me clear my head, helps me exercise my body, help me work off these cookies that I love to eat. You know what I mean? Like running is super therapeutic for me. I tell people all the time, it is like a mental exercise with physical benefits. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say my video games, man, I love to hit the sticks. Um, running and my family has been what's kept me in balance in this really challenging season that we're in. But I will be a liar to tell you like that. I'm really, really good at it. I think I'm mediocre at best. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a growth area for me and I'm, I'm actively looking for different ways to, to be able to stretch into, um, into, into healing in those areas. And that's why I asked that because especially folks that are feeling other people, sometimes we preach it, you know, we're telling people they need to do it, but we're not necessarily yeah. doing, it. I know we went on a walk a while back and we kind of talked about it briefly, yeah. but that's why I wanted, you know, one for it to share tools that people are, do have in place, but also so we can push each other and just be real. Like you said, let's be all the way funky. We're like, I could do a lot better in those areas. And so I got really sick in like November and lost a whole bunch of weight. And as I, you know, recovered, I really just had to make some life changes. So I started working out daily. Like I don't go to the gym or nothing, but there's nothing stopping me from between meetings of dropping down doing 20, 30 pushups. Nothing stopping from me knocking out some sit-ups. Uh, and even just, you know, now that the weather's nice, you know, go and do a little two mile walk around the neighborhood. You know, a lot of times it's like, I got to coordinate going to a park and all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. I just got to put feet to the pavement right in the neighborhood I'm in. And actually, I uh, I made like a little uh, daily tracking sheet in Excel. So I just track everything that I do. My Even something simple as like, I don't know if you're like this, but I know for me, like if I don't, for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like if I don't, I'll just get in yeah. the zone and I'll just push through and then I'll eat a big, a big meal, which, you know, it fills my tank up, but I've been running on fumes all day. You know what I mean? So just right. simple stuff like that to see where I'm at and then I can look back. And say, you know, these are the things that I've done. And, you know, and, and I got meditation. I'm just being transparent too. Like I got meditation. I done made my son moved his room upstairs. So I made this whole little self-care room, but I don't use it like I really should. I got hella zeros on, hella zeros on minutes on, on certain days for meditation. I mean, I put my little meditation music on at bed, but that's really going to sleep. That's different than really meditating. So I think, you know, as we continue to grow, I think we just need to push each other. And I'm going to ask you to check in on me, ask me how I'm doing with my self-care and I'll, I'll commit to doing the same, the same with you. Because if we don't, if we don't check on each other and hold each other accountable in those spaces, it Come don't on. really matter. It don't matter on everything else because you know we're we be, we're going to expire before before anything else really can happen. So, um, what advice would you give someone looking to get into get into community? We're going to you've been doing this for a long time and seen a lot seen a lot of people come and go and and yeah. uh, what if you know what advice would you give? Because a lot of people are interested in this life. And we as we saw it over the last year, people were getting you know activated. Uh, so what advice would you give somebody, you know, looking to get yeah. in, in, into the community work? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the best advice is is don't let your work cover up your brokenness. Um, a lot of people get into community work to exercise their demons, to make up for past ills or to be able to serve their way through their pain. And 
like the self-work still needs to be done you know like healing and being on a healing journey is what really makes you transformative in your leadership and community and in your stewardship over others and so i really encourage folks primarily like really do the self-work while you're supporting others it has to be both and which is you know speaks to what it is that we were just talking about primary um like super important do that second like find some place to follow before you find some place to lead um i think that there's so many of the life lessons that i've learned and that i'm able to lean into as i've stewarded this cause are as a result of people who i followed behind um some people who i didn't really appreciate their leadership styles some people i did um some people i learned what to do some people i learned what not to do but i learned so much in submitting to someone else's vision about what it means to hold vision and execute on it for yourself and i think that there's a generation of folks that are coming up underneath this dray that have a really hard time submitting to someone else's vision and and following behind for a period of time to like learn um you know kind of like an old school apprentice kind of situation right but not like in like the electrical fields of the trades but like in the social service space right like who's somebody you can sit up under and just really soak up the game and learn from in order to be able to go out and do what it is that you feel most passionately about so two things i'd offer right continue your healing journey as you serve don't let your service be a band-aid for your brokenness and find somebody to follow that you can believe in or somebody who's leading something that, that gets you excited and learn from their leadership before you go and lead on your own because we all need to be lifelong learners and man for me lived experience has been the greatest teacher yeah that's what's up my guy jp says sometimes the action can be distraction and that's what you're saying is basically like if you're so worried about trying to go out and fix people when we're all broken we all got areas that we need to improve you know what i'm saying so it's like you also got to do that simultaneously and don't try to use this as a way to make amends for things that you've done or things that you haven't really healed from or, or moved on from right and then I, what else you said also is critical is you know you got to know how to follow the lead right you know like <laughs> You know, even if you're like you said, you you brought up critical. Like, you know, sometimes I've read that resonated with me. Sometimes you're following people, you still got to follow. You know, you may not get along with, you may not agree with their vision, and you may give them feedback. You know, it may be a difficult situation, but you're still learning as you go. You're learning how. Okay, I'm not going to move like this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that, or or whatever. So I think that that's good, solid, real advice. You know what I'm saying? And then in life lessons, like the most, you know, that's that's the resume right there is everything you been through in life you know what i mean so and and I, what i would add is this passion like do something that you're passionate about like tap yeah. in there's so many people doing so much good stuff out here tap in with you know a lot of there's a lot of amazing people individuals organizations tap in volunteer um and we don't got to all recreate and be like you said create new orgs and be, right. be new right. leaders and all that stuff how do we support each other and be collective in in the work so What's what's the best way for folks to get in, in contact with you and, and choose 180? Uh, we're gonna, we got the stuff in the description of the episode, but we know people taking information different okay. ways. So I want to give you an opportunity to kind of share some ways that people can get in contact with you and your team. Yeah, um, best way to tap in with the org is um, follow us at I choose 180 on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Um, you can find me at why I choose 180. You like how I did that? That was on purpose. Um, or, on, or on LinkedIn. I'm super responsive on LinkedIn. So when folks hit me up there, I'm really quick to get back at you. That's what's up. So I always give people an opportunity since I'm kind of leading and asking the questions in this. So this is the last question. It's really, do you have any questions for me? So I want to you know, make sure I'm being equitable and, and sharing the space and giving people an opportunity to ask me anything they may want to ask me. 
Yeah. Um, light skin question. Um, <laughs> you know, one light skin brother to another. Um, summertime, tan or sunburn? Oh, I get tan. Yeah. I get golden. I get I get real golden. Look, he's like, oh man, I get I get real golden. Now, now if I go somewhere like Eastern Washington, it's gonna bake me. You know what I mean? You know, I'll get burnt there. You know, but like over here, I get I get real, real golden. <laughs> Isaiah, I, I I interviewed Isaiah um, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of weeks about a week ago, and uh, he was like, man, you got to make sure your lighting's right because your two brothers on there, it's gonna be real real bright. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, man. I can't with that brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for the space and for the time and for the platform. I'm grateful for how you continue to show up and, and how persistent you are to elevate other people's voices and serve in the way you do, man. I appreciate you, bro. Well, it's good, good wrapping with you. Like I said, I'm looking forward to moving, you know, moving, trying to move the needle with you um, on some of this work, but as well as just, you know, building our relationship and growing, you know, as as friends, you know? Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. All right, we're all be in touch. All right, take care now. All right, peace. All right, y'all. Like you said, this is the collective network. That guy was dropping gems. He was smashing atoms, you know, giving all the games. So, you know, make sure you guys tap in with the amazing work that they're doing over there at Choose 180. Once again, this is Dre with Bill 206. This is Bill 206 Media. This is the collective network where we're trying to bring people together that are doing amazing work in the community, have been doing amazing work. Uh, and just sharing those resources with folks. So we're going to have a lot of other stuff coming through uh, Bill 206 Media because we're really trying to ramp this up to try to, and a lot of, we learned a lot of this stuff through COVID, but this is all uh, skill sets that are going to be beneficial to us and as well as the community. So we're looking forward to continue continuing to uh, provide opportunities here through the media platforms. So make sure you guys tap in with us if you guys got ideas and we're here to support, support uh, community's ideals. All right, y'all, peace. Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.